0: ever wonder about questions that don't seem to have solid answers? Like if God is so good, then why is there so much suffering in the world? Or why should we trust the Bible and who wrote it anyway? Maybe you found the answers, but they didn't fully satisfy you. Well, welcome to Straight from the Bible, where you can find real answers from God's word. Give us a call if something's on your heart. You can call us right now at 472 1111 or in the CNMI at 323 1113. You can also text or WhatsApp your questions to 671 686 9999. And now, straight from the Bible with Pastor
1: Masit Idaong. Good evening and half a day. Welcome, everybody, to Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Masit Idaong. And I'm here with our special guest, Pastor Chamberlain Kinciano. Hello, Pastor. Good evening.
2: Hello, Pastor. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity. Oh, that's uh, a blessing. And we also have, uh, as always, our dear brother Scotty. He's
1: always ready to to read the questions and answer the questions and join in in the discussion. Hey there, Scotty.
3: Hey, Pastor. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, as we always do, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we seek the Lord's uh, spirit and blessing. Let's pray. Loving Father, as we open your Word today, we want to open it reverently, we want to open it with a sense of great humility, knowing that all wisdom and all light and all meaning come from you and come from your Word. And so, Lord, as our minds now read through the questions and as you speak to us through your Bible, may you please uh, bring us closer to great truth, but far more, bring us closer to the side of Jesus and bless all of our listeners now, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Scotty, it's great to be back again. I've been off-island yes. uh, for a bit. I was actually in Palau with Pastor Chamberlain doing a series of meetings, and it's good to be here uh, back again. I know we had some questions that have come up. I know I, I have some myself as well, so if you'd like to read them or I could read them, we can go uh, right wherever.
3: Okay. I'll I'll just start off with... Um the first couple of questions sure. on on top of our email. Let's do that. That came in, and a listener called about First Corinthians chapter ten verse twenty five. First Corinthians, okay. Yes, and he also has another question. Sure. Just right below that. Okay. Okay, and he wanted to know, what about the people who eat unclean animals like pork, shrimp, lobster, etc.? Will they go to heaven? I see. Great question, Pastor Chamberlain. This seems to be a
1: question about. Um, uh, the diet and some of the the animals that God says we should not eat or we can eat or what not to eat which you find in Leviticus chapter 11 but let's go to um, let's go to the first part was first Corinthians 10 verse 25 yes, okay and pastor Chamberlain maybe when you get there you can read that for us in first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 25 and I believe that the caller wants us to explain that a little bit and how that relates to uh, the eating of um, unclean foods as the Bible has said 1 Corinthians
2: chapter 10 verse 25 can you read that
1: pastor when you get
2: there 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 25 mm-hmm. the Bible says eat whatever is sold mm-hmm. uh, sold in the meat market asking no question for conscience sake alright wonderful
1: Uh, My version says, whatsoever is sold in the shambles or the meat market, uh, don't ask anything about it for conscience sake. You know, sometimes people read this chapter, and maybe, Pastor, you have, you know, come across it, and some people say, well, this means that we can eat anything, but we just don't ask, you know, what it is or what it's about. Uh, But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, this is not really a, um, this is not about clean and unclean foods. Mm. This was actually about foods that were offered up to idols. And when they were sold in the meat markets, then of course the Christians would come and they would purchase them and they would eat them. And then those uh, new converts to Christianity who were used to be pagans before, who used to eat those meats or foods that were offered up to idols as a way to worship uh, the that idol or that god. Uh, then there was a problem because among the Jews who knew that there was no other God but God and that this was just a piece of food or a piece of meat and that nothing, uh, as they partook of that meat, there was no idolatry happening because to them it really was just just food. Uh, but then, of course, with the um, uh, those that were new converts, uh, when they would see people or see the, the Christians eat these meats and they remember that they themselves used to eat the meat as a way of worship. After the meat or the food has been offered up to to idols, they would eat it as a way of worshiping that idol. And so now there was a a conflict, there was a contention between uh, the the new converts and, of course, those who had been uh, Christians for a long time, or Jews who became Christians for a long time. And so the the Christians were saying, no, no, we're going to eat it, it's not idolatrous, it's completely fine. Then the new converts were saying, no, no, this is wrong. You cannot eat that meat because it was offered up to idols and then sold in the marketplace. If you eat it, you are worshiping that idol. Mm -hmm. And so Paul here is trying to bring together the solution. And the solution is that we, we ought to practice humility and we ought to be very thoughtful of where somebody is spiritually. And so, and Paul even says himself that we know that really food is just food and there's no other God but God. But he's encouraging the Christian believers to please be sensitive to those that are a little bit sensitive uh, to that, to that problem of, of eating food that was offered up to idols. So the, he's counseling those Christians uh, that when they sit down with uh, these new converts or if they're, um, that if they're eating meat or they're buying meat, that they don't ask the question, is this offered to idols? Or, or is it not? Because then it would just cause a whole a whole argument, a whole problem. And so he just says, well, don't ask any questions uh, for conscience sake. So for the sake of that other person's conscience and for everybody else, uh, when you buy that meat, you don't have to ask if it's offered up to idols or not. Because that would just bring up the problem back up again. Any thoughts on that, Pastor?
0: Yeah, it, it's pretty
1: much it. It's it, it was really had nothing to do with clean or unclean yeah. foods. It was really just about uh, be very sensitive uh, to somebody else who, who may have a very sensitive conscience. In fact, that's exactly what Paul uh, uh, says about it. And then the other one, Scotty, was about... Uh, oh, yeah, so just, just, to, just to kind of bottom line it, uh, that particular text is not about the eating of clean and, or unclean foods. It was about the eating of foods that were offered up to idols or not. So some of those believers were a little bit sensitive in their consciences Mm -hmm. because they used to do it as an offering to their former uh, idols. And um, Paul was saying, please be respectful of these guys. Yeah, we know. Mm -hmm. We know that it's just food. But for their sake, because they're still growing, uh, don't make this a big deal. Mm. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And just move on. So don't ask for, for conscience sake, theirs and for everybody else. It's just... Just eat it. Okay? All right. And I think the next one was about, what about people who eat unclean animals like uh, pork, lobster, shrimp, and and things like that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, Will they go to heaven? That's a great question. Will these people who uh, eat uh, pork, lobster, shrimp, and all these things, uh, will they go to heaven? Okay. Pastor Chamberlain, maybe you could read Acts chapter 17, verse 30. And uh, let me know when you're there and you can just go ahead and read it. Acts chapter 17, verse 30.
2: Acts 17, verse 30 says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent.
1: Amen. What does that mean, the time of ignorance? What does ignorance mean? Uh, we just kind of didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever, you know, before you became a Christian, maybe there are things that you were doing mm-hmm. that you didn't really think were wrong, and then that when you became a Christian, you realize, wow, this this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, that includes some of the things that we eat. Uh, and the Bible says that God, he winked at, or he kind of winked over it, or he closed his eyes to it, because of our ignorance, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the Bible really teaches us the principle that people are not lost because of what they didn't know, but they are lost because of what they know and refuse uh, to follow, mm-hmm. okay? And so, f- first of all, God is very merciful to those people who don't know. Mm-hmm. And he will not judge them the same way as those people who do know and do things that the Bible does uh, condemn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor, maybe you can read again Isaiah 66, verse uh, 17, I believe. 17. And so, of course, uh, Leviticus chapter 11 um, uh, tells us, of course, the kinds of animals that God Mm -hmm. uh, wants us, or I shouldn't say wants us, that God uh, cautions us to avoid, and of course, some of the animals that he does allow us to eat. Uh, but in the beginning, of course, so uh, men had a really fruitarian or vegetarian diet, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until after the flood that men began to eat meat. and God allowed them to eat meat, but he only allowed them to to eat uh, clean meat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now some people may say, well, pastor, well that clean and unclean meat that was only for the Jews, because you don't find that you know in the beginning. But incredibly, when you look at, I believe in Genesis uh, chapter six and onward, The story of Noah, Mm. Uh, God, you know, told Noah to bring in the animals. And, you know, growing up, I I used to think that Noah brought in the animals only two by two. Mm. But as I read the Bible in Genesis, I realized that, no, the Bible actually says that um, the animals went into the ark two by two, or the unclean animals Mm -hmm. went into the ark two by two, and then the clean animals went in seven by sevens. So apparently, uh, they knew then, or God had instructed them then, what kind of animal was clean and unclean. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so w- what about Isaiah chapter, what text did I say?
2: 66, 17.
1: Six, yeah, could you please read that for us? Okay.
2: The Bible says in Isaiah 66 and verse 17, those who sanctify and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following one in the midst, eating pigs' flesh and abomination and mice, shall come to an end together, declares the Lord.
1: Okay, Thank you, Pastor. Uh, so this is one of those um, one of those verses, of course, that describes how, you know, the eating of swine's flesh is something that the Bible doesn't approve of, and even, of course, of mouse. Uh, and mice, you know, this is not something that God necessarily approves of. Why do you think God doesn't want us to eat these kinds of creatures? Is there something wrong with them? Is there a certain thing that they they do or that they eat that make it very unhealthy for us? What are your thoughts, Pastor?
2: I think uh, because of the, the, that there aren't clean uh, Mm -hmm. animals. And uh, animals, they come, I think the Lord uh, uh, created them. And uh, I was reading in the book one of the book of uh, uh the inspiration and it says that uh, you know there were some animals that got created yes. just to there for like cleaning and yes um, eating the um, so kind of
1: like a like a scavenger yes scavenger or yeah. uh, i think we would say today uh, sanitation worker yes
2: uh, those
1: uh, i think of animals like uh, let's name some of those animals of course the you mm-hmm. know the uh, the pig itself mm-hmm. Uh, they eat things that, you know, kind of rotten or dead, and so they basically clean up. Uh, in the ocean, you have, of course, like the lobster. Yes. You have right. a shrimp, clams. Uh, you know, these, like Pastor said, these are things that are, um, they're cleaners. They're made to, to clean or they filter feed, and uh, they basically clean the environment. So, yes, the Lord did create them in order to clean uh, clean things out. So, even science today is showing that we ought not to uh, that there are great dangers in eating these things uh, because we basically eat whatever they ate. And so if they've ate decomposing things or you know toxins, and they're doing their job in cleaning, and yet if you eat them, you basically eat what they ate also, which is going to be bad for you. Okay? And next question, Scotty. Thank you for the question. That was a really good one.
3: Yes, it was. Our next question is... What's the meaning of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through 7? Isaiah chapter 9, 1 through
1: 7. Pastor, maybe you can read that too when you get there. Isaiah chapter 9, 1 through 7.
2: Isaiah 9, verse 1 through 7. The Bible says, beginning verse 1, But there will be no gloom for her, who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light Mm shone. Verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Mm -hmm. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the wrath of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. Verse Mm 5. For every boot of the trumping warrior in battle, tumult And every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The seal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. So what does this set of verses mean? And uh, really the key is in verse 6. Verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called... Wonderful, Counselor, Mm -hmm. the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So, this set of verses is really talking about the great uh, time of deliverance from the coming of the Messiah. When he comes again, of course, at the first time in verse 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined, when Christ came into, into earth, and as he was growing up and ministering uh, to the people in Jerusalem and around uh, Jerusalem, remember, when he came, it was one of the darkest times, one of the, one of the most spiritually darkest times of earth's history. They were expecting a Messiah to come in and conquer Rome and, and rule everything with, with human power. But when he came in, he came different. He came sharing with them love, forgiveness, mercy, compassion, and salvation. And it was as if people had seen a great light all from the lands throughout. And that's why they flocked to Jesus to hear from his own lips the wonderful words of life. And so the the set of verses is really talking about uh, the Messiah when he comes again. And, of course, the Messiah when he finally um, uh, rules and, and, and delivers us out of the bondage of sin and of death. Mm-hmm. So great question uh, to the caller. Yeah, the, this the set of verses is about Christ, of, uh, when, he de- when he came to earth, and of course when he will come again in his rule. Thank you so much.
3: Okay, what's our next one, Brother Scotty? Our next one is from WhatsApp.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And the question is, is it a sin or wrong to entertain people going house to house from other denominations?
1: Is it a sin, or is it wrong to entertain people who go house to house from other denominations? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question.
3: That is. That that's is a, a good question.
1: question. <laughs> you know, I've, Pastor Chamber you're going to have to help me with this one also. Um, I'm going to share with you, there's Two ideas that I have, that at least I have heard, and mm-hmm. there's one experience that has been my personal practice. Mm. One, of course, is um, uh, some people say, you know, you just shouldn't, uh-huh. you just should not do that, um, and they they just say, well, you know, if you know the truth, if you know a certain thing, you just really should not, and. For me personally, I if it is a Christian of another denomination coming to my uh-huh. home, I like to practice uh, the golden rule uh, to do unto others as I myself would like to have them do unto me. I have gone house to house. Mm. I have gone home to home. Uh, there have been people that have been very unkind and very mean and very rude. And many of these people said they were Christians as they could, went on to be rude. And that, of course, uh, didn't tell me much. About their Christianity, or tell, told me much about their Christianity, and there were always some people who were very kind. Or very few people, though, were very kind. They opened the door for us, and they let us in. Now I'll tell you this: I was going down. The, I was going through the streets of Portland, and it was like you know, forty degrees, or you know, forty degrees Fahrenheit. And that was the coldest for me as an island boy that I've ever Uh, witnessed. And and all I had was like a shirt and an inside shirt Uh because I hadn't bought my winter clothing yet at that time. And every time I would go to a home, Scotty, I was shivering and cold. And I would just wish that the the door that we knocked on, if they would just let us (laughs) in so I could just be warmed up just a little bit. And I was amazed that many people um, wouldn't do that Uh. except the last house we visited. Wow. They opened up the door. They saw that we were outside and said, oh, please, come in. You guys must be freezing out there. And uh, that was a real answer to my prayer because I really was so cold. Mm. And when we went in, uh, this particular person, you know, when they found that we were Christians, they they weren't negative. Or she wasn't negative, at least. And we had some time to be able to spend time with them and share with them. And, uh, you know, we at least... From me, I, I practice the golden rule. Mm-hmm. It's always the safest, safest way. And so, the, the, the Jesus says, if your enemy be hungry, you know, that you should go ahead and feed him, and how much more so a person who is not your enemy, mm-hmm. who is simply coming to your home, trying his best to uh, share truth that he himself believes. Now, of course, you should practice wisdom and tact mm-hmm. that you be not led astray from the truths of the Bible. Mm-hmm. That you should be able to also be able to share with them, and if people come in, and I've had people come to my home, and I welcome them in, and I, I, I pray for them, I give them, you know, food and water, mm-hmm. and I've never had them uh, be ungrateful. They're always very thankful. It's oh, thank yeah. you so much for, uh-huh. for letting us in and giving us something to eat. So I would practice the golden rule, and then if if the hesitation is that, you know, they may convert you or they may say something that you don't agree with, uh, I would. I would always say um, follow the golden rule. Right. And then when it comes to things that you may disagree with, you can disagree and not be disagreeable mm-hmm. uh, with each other. So uh, Christ was very much the same way. He didn't, he didn't compromise in the mm-hmm. least, but he showed the utmost tact and courtesy with everyone, especially with those uh who hated him and despised him mm. so uh, the golden rule though that would that would be what i would recommend nice. from what i can see from the amen. scriptures
3: yes thank you and what i did was when they came knocking at at the door what i did was i i did answer it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we introduced ourselves and we prayed amen, amen. And right after that, they just went on their way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and,
1: and good. and That tells you kind of where, where they are. Mm-hmm. So there's some people who may come because they're really genuine. They really mm-hmm. want to share their faith. And some people may come because they just want to get what they want. Yeah. Uh, and um, it is always safe. You know, and, I, and for me, I'll be honest. Um, because I've gone door to door and wanting to share something that I love so much, uh, it's great when instead of you going to them, they come to you.
2: Mm.
3: Nice.
1: So it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing when people come to your mm-hmm. house and say, yeah. can I share with you something? And, and they do. And I said, well, can I share with you something? Right. And incredibly, I have had people of different faiths. You know, we, we became friends. And they asked me, hey, could you tell me more about what you believe in? Mm. Especially this Amen. particular thing, like about Sabbath. Uh-huh. And in that moment, it was we had a, we started a Bible study. Where I showed from the Bible why we believe certain things, and uh, it was a blessing. Amen. It was a blessing, and that wouldn't have happened if I said, "You know, I'm sorry, I don't have any time for right. you." And uh, we ought to, um, we ought to be Christians, Amen. even to those that uh, we may not uh, necessarily see eye to eye. But God has called us to love uh, one another, be respectful.
3: Nice, yeah. thank you.
2: And. And and I think uh, in the book of John is it's really clear, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Jesus has set us an example, and He is our example. And so, in the book of John, He says, "Those who come to Me, I will never cast them out." Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's a good uh, uh, a privilege or opportunity for us now to open the, the 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 Bible with them and study with them. I did that with oh, one nice. Christian as they visited me, mm-hmm. and I opened the door, and then we start studying, and so we were sharing and. They were sharing the Bible verse with me, and we were sharing back and forth. And so I was studying with them, and they were studying with me. But yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, I. nice. And, and I like the verse that you yeah. used because it really is so true. If people come to you, uh, Jesus says, "If you come to me, I will I will no wise cast mm. you out." And likewise, we should also do the same. You know, I, I want to go back. Oh, go, go ahead. You want to share something else?
2: No, no, I. I because uh, they, they we got into one problem that I don't want to touch yeah so that's
1: fine that's fine
2: but uh, they asked me a question and I answered them and I showed them uh, I show it to them from, from the, Bible. the Bible and that's when they went and they didn't come back
3: oh, I
1: see
2: uh, because of that uh, 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 sure uh, and so they yeah. raised by,
3: and you know, your, I, oh, go ahead. I go ahead. Mean, yeah. you, you know, some sometimes they come back and sometimes they yeah, don't. But um, at least yeah. we had the opportunity yeah, to yes. share something. Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: Amen. absolutely. And I'm so glad you did that because you know you you want to be able to share things, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe that was a wonderful opportunity. Maybe that's exactly mm-hmm. what God needed them to hear. Amen. Right. And so, absolutely. You know, welcome people. Um, be kind to them. And it, I like what, what uh, the pastor said. You know, really, the principle, mm-hmm. the principle is really about. E- knowing that everybody's a child of God
3: yes Amen.
1: and no matter where they are or what they believe they are God loves them and we ought to be as kind and winsome and being able to reveal Christ and our character to them I'll give you an ex- I'll give you one more story I was going door to door again and I was coming out of a house on a sidewalk and there was this kid you know kind of mm-hmm. oh, kind of a, a teenager maybe a little bit older and he was all dressed in black he had his hair kind of in a mohawk. And I think he had like a skull, got a print on his T-shirt. And, uh, <laughs> and so I went over to him and I saw him and I said, hey, nice. we went and invite you to, to this uh, Bible study meetings. Uh-huh. And he looked at me and he goes, I'm a Satanist. Oh. And I looked at him and, said, <laughs> and I said, oh, you're a Satanist? He said, yeah. And I said, oh, then you must study the book of Revelation. And I said, uh-huh. you know what? We're actually going to study about Satan nice. uh, in one of our night meetings. And so please, you're welcome to come and, and you can actually learn more about Satan yourself. In the meetings. And then he, he cracked a smile and he laughed and he said, Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not a Satanist. <laughs> I'm not a Satanist. And so I, I, I gave him the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, because everybody, you know, Christ treats people uh, with love and respect. Yes. Them, and no matter w- where they are, he meets us exactly where they are. And we ought to be the same. Mm-hmm. We ought to be the same. That's what I see in the scriptures. Yeah
3: all right amen well we only got a minute left pastors and we're going to be take going into our break okay but we have to let the listeners know you have a question that's on your mind give us a call on guam 6701-472-1111 in the cnmi that's 670-323-1113 we're streaming live on facebook leave your question in the comment section below and we'll get your questions answered and we'll be right back
5: This is Pastor Dave with Another Step to Christ. Of Christ it is written in John 1.4 and Acts 4.2, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, the only name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is not enough to perceive the loving kindness of God, to see the benevolence and the fatherly tenderness of His character. It is not enough to discern the wisdom and justice of His law to see that it is founded on the eternal principle of love. The Apostle Paul saw all this when he exclaimed in Romans 7:12 through 16 I consent unto the law, for it is good. The law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. But he added, I am carnal, sold under sin. To receive your free copy of the book Steps to Christ, call us here at Live Talk at 1 800 775 4673.
0: Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. Call right now with your Bible question. In Guam, it's 472 1111. In the Cenamites, 323 1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfromradio.net Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash radio. Join us now for the second half of Straight from the Bible
1: Alright, welcome back to Straight from the Bible This is Pastor Masit here with Pastor Chamberlain Kinciano And of course our faithful Scotty here with us And
3: we're going over your Bible questions And Scotty,
1: let's go to the next question please
3: our next question came in through a phone call, but he didn't want to go online. Sure, that's fine. Or that's fine. on the yeah. air. Sorry. And this question is about marriage. Mm-hmm. Why do we get a divorce after we've been together for so long and then we finally get married? Why does it end up in a divorce a couple of years down the line?
1: I see. So why they were just together for a long time. Right. And then they got married and then that led to a divorce. Yes. Okay, great. Good question. Well you know for something like that I'm so glad you called and you know and if this is a situation you're going through I really want to say I'm, I'm sorry it's really not an easy thing you know first of all um, a divorce and separation was never meant to be God's plan mm. I really want to let you know that this was never ever meant to be in the, the world that we live in today but of course because of sin in the human heart uh, because of sin in the world, these things do happen. And that's why we're so grateful, because even when these things happen, Jesus is still able to help us recover and heal from these kinds of things. Now, to go to, to, go to your question, why does it usually happen? Why, why does it always happen? And the answer is actually, it it, it isn't. It isn't usual. It isn't common. Uh, does it happen? And the answer is yes, it does happen but it is not directly related to the fact that uh, you made the right decision in getting married. You know, the Bible uh, says that the first miracle that Jesus ever did his miracle in was at a wedding in in Cana. And so Christ himself loves blessing uh, a marriage and a union between a man and a woman with his presence. And then you go, of course, to the book of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, And you have God Himself officiating, the first marriage between Adam and Eve. So marriage is something that is God's idea; it is not man's. And the closer that we go, the closer we follow God's idea, uh, the far better that God will grant us His blessings and His um, His peace and His joy. And so, I I just want to let you know that it it's not something that happens. As a result of, of getting married, it's it's not it's something that happens because of other factors, and of course it's gonna uh, we we can't find that out just by uh, the the question and the time that we have today. I would definitely say if you have a, a pastor or a counselor friend or somebody that you can kind of go over this with, and uh, you know discuss it and be able to share what's on your heart and um, please, that person would really be far better to be able to guide you through it. And the good news is, you know, studies have actually shown that actually the opposite. You know, when a couple is together for a long time, uh, studies have shown that, you know, they're not as happy. I mean, they're happy, but they they don't realize that they could be happier. And that is because, of course, there may not be a sense of commitment to the relationship. They still may think, well, if I, this person might leave me or they might, um, you know, betray me. But they did a study where they find, find that with people that have been together for a long time and they finally got married, they were actually far better and far happier having made the actual commitment in marriage than when they simply made the commitment to each other uh, just by being together or just with their words. So there's something about making it official that brings a sense of peace, a sense of greater happiness that they hadn't experienced before. And of course, when you invite God to be a part uh, of that marriage um, the Lord will bless. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a reality today that uh, not all marriages um, make it through even among Christians? And the answer is yes, that, that does happen. Uh, but my dear friend, I am just I just want to encourage you that um, that the Lord is there mm-hmm. and that even when our heart is broken and when we're hurting, uh, the Bible says that God draws near to those that are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And I, I want to encourage you to let you know that God is there right with you. And um, God will will heal you. Uh, but please, uh, you know, don't, don't blame the Lord for what He is not responsible for. It was never His plan that these things would happen. Hey, this is all the result of sin and Satan being in the world. And uh, I pray that you don't um, look ba- look at God differently, or look at even marriage differently, because of this painful experience. And I'm really sorry that you have to go through this. Our, our thoughts and definitely your prayers are with you. Okay, let's go to our next question. And I want I want to thank that that caller for calling in. That's a very brave thing to ask, uh, and a brave question to ask. And I really thank you for for asking it. Okay. Uh, We do have some questions that have come in. Uh, Our next question is, what should I do to have eternal life? What should I do to have eternal life? So the caller is asking, what can I do to be able to to have this eternal everlasting life that that the Bible speaks about? Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 19. And please, if you have any questions, please go ahead and give give us a call at 671-472-1111. If you're in the island of Guam or if you're in the beautiful CNMI, call us at 670-323-1113. Or call us or text us on Signal and WhatsApp on 671-686-9999. That's free in the CNMI. Or go ahead and give us an email at um, uh, bible at joyframradio.net. You can email your question to bible at JoyfMradio.net or go to our Facebook page at joy him radio uh, on on, the, on our Facebook page and leave a leave a question in the comment section so Matthew chapter 19 uh, we go to verse uh, 8 uh, 16 pastor could you read that for us
2: the Bible says in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16 and behold a man came up to him saying teacher what what good deed must I do to have eternal life?
1: Okay. So if you read the other Gospels, this man is running. He's mm-hmm. coming to Jesus. And and what is his question? It's the same question that the caller is asking. Uh, what, how can I have eternal life? What good thing should I do to have eternal life? And so is this something wrong to ask? I know this is a great question. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a great question. And Pastor, maybe you can read John chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 John 3:15 and
2: 16 hmm. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 that that whoever believes in him may have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life.
1: Amen. Amen. So how do you receive eternal life? Oh, very simple, my friend. Amen. As you receive Jesus into your heart,
2: Amen. you invite Him to Amen. come in,
1: and you ask Him to come in, and as you do that, eternal life then begins. As you repent of your sins, and as you come to Him exactly as you are, uh, cr- your, your new life in Christ uh, begins. And then as you continue to abide in Him and you'll grow, you'll find that you'll be able to continue to make more commitments to Him, and uh, you'll begin to change without even realizing. Sometimes you will realize it. And you, you, you really begin the path of eternal life as you come to Christ exactly as you are. You invite Him into your life, and of course, as you read uh, the Bible. And then, of course, as you invite Christ into your heart, then you begin to walk uh, as the Bible says, in the newness of life. You walk in, 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 uh, in how a person who has eternal life should walk. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 6, verse uh, 54. Uh, could you read that, Pastor, when you get there? John six fifty-four. This is something that Jesus said that may seem strange to some of us, but I'll explain it. Go ahead.
2: John 6, John chapter 6, verse 54 says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, had eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day.
1: Amen. Amen. So so Jesus says, who eats of my flesh and and drinks of my blood, he has eternal life. Mm -hmm. Now you may ask, wait a minute, that sounds like cannibalism. Why would I ever want to do that? And sometimes Jesus said things that the priest Mm -hmm. didn't always understand. Mm -hmm. So he was not actually talking about his physical flesh and his physical blood. He was talking about Uh, what he had come to teach them. He was talking about his teachings. He was talking about his lessons. And as we then uh, eat and drink the lessons of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and we make his life become our life, uh, then we are entering into eternal life. And we're now growing into eternal life. So, Uh, great question. So, uh, dear caller, I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, come to Christ, come to Him in His Word, mm-hmm. accept Him as your Lord and Savior, uh, repent of your sins, and Christ will be able to 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 forgive completely. But you come to Him exactly as you are, and I love the verse that Pastor Chamberlain shared earlier in John six thirty seven, where it says, uh, "He, uh, so He that cometh to Me, I will in no wise cast away." Mm-hmm. And so you can claim that promise as you come before God boldly, and. Uh, and ask uh, for him to come into your heart, and he will. He will. Amen. Okay. Uh, we do have another question that uh, that did come in, and the question is: A couple is together. One is married, and the other is not. Is that a sin? A couple is married is together. One is married, and the other is not. Is that a sin? Uh, well if if the couple, I, 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 I guess I believe the, the caller is saying there's this couple in a relationship but one of them is married and of course the other is not. Is that a sin? And, well, according to the scriptures, if that's, if that's what's happening, uh, then yes, that's what you would call adultery. Uh, because if one is married then they are, they've made vows to somebody else. They've made a commitment to somebody else. And, uh, if, if that marriage is still uh still supposed to be um a happening or real and you know, there's no real separation or at least it wasn't done biblically and you know there's something going on then uh, at least what the bible says then yes if we look at the book of Exodus chapter 20 it says thou shalt not commit adultery mm. i would however you know because it's when it, when we get questions like this i would always recommend that you sit down with a counselor or with a pastor uh, because there's always more to the story uh, that may change the answer. So if you please sit down with somebody and uh, maybe tell them more of the details of what you think is going on, and they may be able to help a lot further because there, there always is more to the story uh, than, than meets the eye. But if, just as a straight-up answer, if there's a couple and one of them is married and the other is not, then uh, yes, that would be a sin, as the Bible says. That would be considered adultery. Okay. We go to the next one. And uh, the an, the next question is, does God accept marriages that are officiated by governors
3: and mayors? I'm sorry to, to oh, interrupt, ahead, yes. Pastor, but we can answer that question after we have a live call. We have oh, a caller on, on the line. Great. And let me put him through.
1: All right, hello. You're listening to Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Masiti, Pastor Chamberlain. Hello, what's your question or, or your comment?
4: Hello.
1: Hello. Yes, hello. Yes. Hi, hello. There. Welcome to Straight from the Bible. Yes,
4: yes. Uh, I my question is. I see, chapter 1 Isaiah um, chapter 9 verses
1: 1 through 7 Isaiah chapter 9 1 through 7 yes yes I want to
4: know the meaning
1: of that okay great thank you so much for, for asking that question you know, we actually covered it earlier we actually answered it earlier so Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 through 7 is a uh, is is a prophecy of the coming Messiah and so this is really the the prophecy of the Messiah that would come and deliver Uh, People from of course their sins and of course who is that Messiah that of course is Jesus and so as you look at the verses uh, one by one all throughout all of this is pointing to uh, the Messiah coming into the world the the coming of Christ uh, the first time of course and also when he comes again the second time and he makes all things uh, right and just and he begins his everlasting kingdom so yes my dear brother thank you so much for for asking that question Isaiah chapter 9 1 through 7 is pointing to uh, the Messiah that would come which of course um, is Jesus alright I hope that answers your question dear friend
4: yes uh, what about chapter 2 of of that
1: same Uh, same same book yeah same book so let's go to Isaiah chapter 2 then Isaiah chapter... No,
4: chapter 9, verse 2.
1: Oh, chapter 9, verse 2. Yeah. Let's see, Isaiah, chapter
4: 9, verse 2. He's talking about...
1: Oh, great. So, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, uh, it says, The people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them have the light shined. Now, Uh, The verse two, of course, comes right after verse one. And so verse one talks about, um, you know, Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and the galley of the nations. And then, of course, verse two comes in and it says, uh, these people have walked in darkness. And so what darkness is it referring to? So when Jesus came in, came the first time. Uh, there was a lot of spiritual darkness before Christ came into the world. And so, of course, the Jews had made religion such a, a hard, tough uh, thing that it was really almost impossible for anybody to actually believe that it could ever get into heaven unless they were wealthy or unless they uh, you know, were very super spiritual. And so when Jesus came in at that time, Remember, everybody didn't think that salvation was free. They thought, you know, you have to be, have, be very healthy or be very wealthy. And and so when Jesus came in, remember, all of a sudden when he came, and he was really a carpenter. That was his background. For three and a half years, wherever Jesus went, people flocked. They came by the largest crowds just to come and listen to this man speak the words of life. And nobody else had had that kind of power during that time. And so, verse 2, it's describing the people that were sitting in darkness, meaning the people at that time when they were just living the way they were living, really not having a lot of hope. And then when the light came, and who is that light? It's Jesus, the light of the world. It says, They that sat in darkness, uh, that dwell in the land of the shadow, uh, upon them, the light hath shined. And so Christ had come onto them, and He just revealed to them all the beautiful truths of the light of the Word. And that's why, when He went up on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, you go there on Matthew chapter five, I believe it begins, and He's talking about Matthew all chapter the what? Uh, chapter five, Matthew chapter
4: five.
1: Mm. I believe it's five, six, seven. And everything that Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, and, and, and everything else he was saying, that was new to everybody. And it wasn't new to them because it was new. It was new to them because these truths had been buried, or they had been mis, um, misrepresented by the spiritual leaders of the time. And so when Jesus came, it was like, wow, this is amazing. And it's kind of like, you know, let's say you're, um, let's say there's a great uh, drought or there's no rain for many, 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 many months or many years, and you can't get any water, and you're thirsty, and you know, things are dying, and your plants are dying, and your, your animals are dying. Maybe even some of your family members are dying for thirst. And finally, when the rain falls, you're so grateful for the water that you could finally drink and live. And so just as the same thing with this one, with the light of the gospel, it was almost hidden and there's almost like a famine or a drought of the gospel. And so when Jesus finally came into the world and he taught everybody, it was like light just coming all over over everywhere he went. And that's why it was them sitting in darkness and they have finally seen uh, the great light that was shining upon
4: them. So So it means that on the uh, chapter two on that I mean on the first two and the yes. top chapter
1: mm-hmm.
4: those people walking on the tar- on that time. Yes. Those are Jews or Egyptian or Yes,
1: it's everybody. So there's there's two there's two ways to, to uh apply the text. Uh during that time, yes it was the Jews and yes it was also the Gentiles. Because even the Jews were really struggling to understand um uh, truth that. and so we were at that times everybody no? yes exactly my friend it was exactly everybody and that's why when Jesus came it wasn't just the Jews that wanted to meet Jesus you had other people from different nations uh, the Canaanite woman you had uh, the Greeks because they themselves had sat in darkness and now the light had come and they wanted uh, to be in the light also that's a great question and so you, yeah, you, said, so you said it right yes go ahead
4: That it's written by Prophet Isaiah?
1: Yes, scholars, some scholars do say it is written by Prophet Isaiah. Uh, Some may differ. So uh, we know that whoever it was written by, we do know who it was inspired by. And uh, that was the Holy Spirit.
4: Yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. So on that same chapter, and uh, verse 6. Yes, verse 6. What is it uh, about? When I read it, it's like three names come out of it.
1: Yes, indeed. Now, verse six, I'm so glad you asked that question. Verse six is about Jesus. You know, now that we're nearing Christmas time, uh, you, mm. you're going to be hearing this verse or reading this verse pretty much almost everywhere you go. And I'll, I'll read it for us For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so all of the Prince of Peace, absolutely. So all of these names, they only point to to one person that we can really see, and that of course is Jesus. So Jesus came as a child. Of course, he was a son that was born, and he came, and he has he has he's given these names. He's called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, uh, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But these are not all of his names. He has so many names in the Bible, and these different names actually describe the different uh, character or work of Jesus. So he's also called the Lamb of God. He's also called the Vine. He's also called the Rose of Sharon. He's also called um, the Messenger of the Covenant. And so Jesus, we, he cannot stick to only one name. He, he's called Emmanuel, God with us. And so yes, my, my friend, these uh, names are, are the names that describe uh, Jesus and what he is like and his character. Does that help? Does that answer your question?
4: Wonderful, wonderful.
1: Amen. Well, amen. Thank amen. you so much for your question.
4: You know, because I was reading it, and I choose out two firsts out of it, two and six. So mm-hmm. I want to know the meaning of those yes. two, walking in the darkness. Amen. And then the name, wonderful.
1: Counselor, the mighty God, amen. And you know, I'm glad. All right, you cho- thank you very much. Thank you so much. I, we really th- appreciate your question.
4: Thank you All so right.
1: Much. Okay. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. Right, Bye. Bye. You know, Scotty, I'm so glad that he called and asked uh, that those uh, that question because really those mm-hmm. two verses are some of my favorites in this particular chapter.
3: Nice.
1: It's those people that sit in darkness, which really represents everybody that's just lost and uh-huh. and needing God. And Christ came, and uh, of course, number verse six of chapter nine. You know, Chamberlain, there's nobody else that that's referring to. Okay. Then of course uh, Jesus, uh, the Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. and we we hear this verse especially during Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we have only a few minutes left together with us, and we're so glad that you've uh, spent time with us all throughout. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, answer if we can. Just one more question, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, the next question is: uh, Are are humans truly evil? Are humans truly evil? Pastor That's a good Sh- question. That's a great question. Right? Okay? Are people really evil, um, Pastor Chamberlain? W- w- what are just your thoughts on that? Are th- are you think people are? You know, are we are we evil? Are we born evil? Are we born in sin? What yes, do you think about that.
2: I, yes, Pastor. I believe because that is what the Bible says. Yes, our nature that we were born uh, e- exactly with that nature. So.
1: absolutely, mm. and Pastor Chamberlain, maybe you could read Jeremiah thirteen twenty three. And uh, we we will close with this question, but we'll give you a few more verses in Jeremiah thirteen twenty three, and you can read it when you get there. And go ahead, Pastor. Whenever you're ready.
2: The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter thirteen and verse twenty three, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leper his spots? Then may ye also do good, that are accustomed to do evil. Wonderful,
1: mm-hmm. excellent. So Jeremiah is saying, can, can the, the brown-skinned man change the color of his skin? And the answer is, uh, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. And that can the leopard, you know, lick off its spots? And the answer is, of course, uh, no, they can't. And then it's uh, then they it says, then can you then do good, that which are accustomed to do evil? Mm-hmm. Can you be a good person when you're already pretty bad? And the answer is, no, you can't either. Mm-hmm. Just as a, 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 dar- a dark-skinned man can't change the color of his skin, a leopard can't lick off its spots, neither can you who is a sinner ever be good. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you mean? We, it's so basically the Bible is saying, uh, apart from God, you are lost. And in mm-hmm. fact, let's look at what, I like the way Job says it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Job says it even a little bit more powerfully. Mm-hmm. In the book of Job chapter 15, verse 16 Job is right before the book of Psalms. Job chapter 15 verse 16 and look at how Job describes uh, the sinfulness of man. 15 verse 16. Job says, "How much more abominable and filthy is man which drinks iniquity like water."
3: What a verse.
1: What what a verse that is. Mm-hmm. How much more abominable and filthy is man? And then it says, which drinks iniquity like water. Oh. And so, you know, we need water to live. We can live without food for a while, but water, we, we really need that. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, I think it's, I think the three days or so, then you, you die if you don't drink water. Yes. And about 60 to 75% of our bodies, of course, is water, I believe. And here it says that man is drinking sin as if it was water. And. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: Oh, is that time? uh, That's the time. Oh, this is getting so good, so interesting. Sorry about that. I'm so sorry we have to close, but I just want to wrap it up real quickly.
1: Uh, Are people evil? The answer is yes. However, the good news is that Jesus came to save sinners, and he came to cleanse us and to Mm -hmm. change us. And that's why Paul says, Wretched man that I am, who who will save me from this body of death? And he goes on to say, of course, that... His only hope and his only salvation Mm -hmm. is in Jesus Christ. That's right. There is hope. Well, thank you, listening friend. Thank you, Pastor Chamberlain, for joining us. Thank you, Scotty. Let's bow our heads for prayer before we say goodbye. Lord, thank you for blessing us and gracing us with our study and leading us. Be with us until we meet again next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is Pastor Masik and Scotty and Pastor Chamberlain. Yes, and saying goodbye and God bless you. God bless you.
0: Thanks for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime at bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them at online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.